Chapter 3 3.51 p.m. It's hard to be worried when you're flying. You feel so powerful, floating high above the heads of all the little people below you. People are slow. They walk in little lines along sidewalks, always stuck moving in two dimensions. Left, right, forward, back. A bird moves in three dimensions and has a lot more going on when he's flying. There's the air temperature, the speed of wind gusts, the steadiness of the breeze, crosswinds and thermals and humidity. Your wings and tail are constantly adjusting, extending your wingtips, spreading or narrowing your tail, altering the angle of attack. Fortunately, the falcon's brain handles all of that. Because let's face it, as a human, I know basically nothing about flying. All I know is it's the coolest thing in the entire world. Marco and I flew along with Tobias till we spotted two other big birds of prey rising up toward us, Rachel and Cassie. Break it up a little, Tobias advised. We're going to draw every birdwatcher within a hundred miles. Spread out. Stop thinking like humans. We don't have to be bunched together to see the same thing. He was right. Falcons, hawks, and eagles don't exactly fly in flocks together. And with the intense vision of our bird morphs, we could see whatever we were supposed to see from a quarter of a mile away. I wanted to get altitude because I was struggling with the dead air around me. I had the narrowest wings of the group. I was brutally fast in a killing dive, much faster than the others. But at the business of endlessly riding wisps of breeze, I was weak. I split off from Marco, circled to the right, and kept my laser-focused eyes on Tobias, careful to stay within thought-speak range. Okay, this is it, Tobias said. See the big car down there? Track left a block. I was catching my first decent breeze, so I soared upward as I searched the ground below. Then I saw it. Left of the car lot. That's a grocery store, right? I asked. I was puzzled. From the air, almost every building just looks like a big rectangle. It looks like they had some kind of fire. Yep. Now, look closer. Tobias advised. See the plastic sheet across the left side of the store? Look how the breeze blows it in. See? It looks like the entire left wall was knocked in or something, Rachel said. She was a bald eagle, riding high above me and further west. Exactly, Tobias said. Now see the parking lot on that side? See the marks? I did. There were several long gouges torn in the blacktop. Long, straight gouges, in perfect alignment, pointing right toward the busted wall of the grocery store. A couple dozen workmen seemed to be on the ground, rushing around to erect a plywood wall to conceal the hole. Suddenly, I realized. I guess Marco did too. Oh man, Marco said. Oh man. You'd never notice it from ground level, Tobias said smugly. But from the bird's eye view, it's pretty obvious. Something hit the ground. It was moving fast. It skidded across the grocery store parking lot, hit the wall, plowed inside, 
and started a fire. I said, Exactamundo, Tobias said. It must have happened late at night, Cassie pointed out. Otherwise there would have been cars in the parking lot. You still haven't seen the best thing yet, Tobias said. Take a run, one at a time, over the site. Check out who's in charge of the cleanup crew. I flopped hard, turned, flopped harder, and shot over the smoke-scarred grocery store. I only caught a glimpse of the man who was directing the work crew. I couldn't quite believe what I saw. Chapman? I asked. Chapman, Tobias confirmed. He's been here all day. Chapman is the assistant principal at our school. He's also a high-ranking controller, a very important part of the York invasion. Why is the assistant principal from our school suddenly working construction? Cassie asked, adding, As if I couldn't guess. Whatever this is, it must be important, Rachel said. They're working fast. And look, that guy there with the long coat, up on the roof? I just caught a flash of a machine gun under his coat. There were six or seven men and women on the roof of the store. They were looking around with the kind of steely, paranoid gaze you see on the faces of the President's Secret Service guys. They're nervous, Cassie agreed. Scared, even. You can see it from the way they move, from the way they act. Someone screwed something up big time, and everyone down there is very afraid. So, what do we do, O fearless leader? Marco asked. He was asking me. The others like to act as if I'm in charge. I don't think of myself that way, not really. But you know, whatever. If it makes them feel better to think I'm the leader, fine. It's just that when people treat you like a leader, you start acting like a leader. And like I said, that means making decisions, even when you're just guessing. Yeah, what's the plan? Rachel asked. Flash. Right in my face. Big, glittering eyes, the only thing shining in the darkness. A muzzle opened just enough to show long, curved fangs. The face of an extremely big cat. Mountain lion? Leopard? In a second, it would lunge, open its jaws wide, and... Flash! Whoa! I yelled. What's the matter? Do you see something? Tobias asked. Jake, I asked you, what's the plan? Rachel said, sounding annoyed. I was back in the air. I was flying. I was in Falcon Morph. Below me, I saw the grocery store. But I was totally confused. My mind wouldn't focus on reality. It was still in some jungle I'd never seen, staring into the eyes of a beautiful, deadly predator. What was happening to me? Was I going crazy? Um, uh, I... I guess we better take a closer look, huh? I managed to say. Definitely. Let's work up a plan. Let's do it, Rachel said with her usual enthusiasm. Rachel, why is it whenever I hear you say, let's do it, my blood runs cold? Marco asked. Let's see, because you're a weenie? Rachel speculated. Whatever this is, they're trying to clean it up fast. We have no time, I said. Better do this tonight. Oh, Rachel said. Tonight? As in... Tonight? She didn't sound so enthusiastic anymore. 
Oh, good. Marco said sarcastically. Another rushed, unplanned, last-minute mission. Those always turn out so well. Marco, I thought, you don't know the half of it. Because in addition to all the other ways this could go bad, your fearless leader is losing his mind. Of course, I didn't say that. See, when you're the leader, you're not allowed to be crazy. Chapter 4 4.40 p.m. I hate this kind of stuff, Marco said. I hate rushing into things. We had landed in the woods. Landing, by the way, is the hardest part of flying. Taking off is scary, but landing is terrifying. See, the difference between landing and crashing is about two inches and two miles per hour. We landed more or less gracefully on the pine needle floor of the forest. Tobias flew off to look for axe. The rest of us demorphed. I seem to remember that the last time we rushed into something, we managed to screw up the plan, Cassie said. On the other hand, we did survive. Barely, Marco said as he made the transition from mostly osprey to mostly human. It's just a grocery store, Rachel said with a shrug of shoulders that were just emerging. Come on, how hard can it be? How should we go in? Marco wondered, looking at me. I looked at Cassie. Any suggestions? We have a couple of morphs available for this job, she said. Like Rachel said, it's a grocery store. A burned-out grocery store, but a grocery store just the same. You'd expect there to be cockroaches, rats, flies. Suddenly, there came a rush of pounding hooves and a crash of underbrush. Axe raced up to us, graceful and bizarre all at once. He plowed straight toward us, moving as fast as a panicked horse. Just when I was sure he'd run us down, he kicked his hind legs and sailed easily over our heads. He landed almost daintily and turned back to face us. Axe is Axe Escarot Isthil. He's the younger brother of Prince Alfangor. As far as we know, Axe is the only Andalite to survive the destruction of their dome ship. Andalites have certain things in common with Earth animals, but you know right off that he's from a long, long way away. His body is sort of like a strong, pale blue and tan deer, but where the deer would have a neck, Axe has a somewhat human upper body. It looks like the chest and shoulders of a boy. He has two weak-looking arms and a few too many fingers. His head is where you'd expect to find it, but it's missing one very major ingredient, a mouth. Andalites eat by absorbing plants through their hollow hooves, and they communicate through thought-speak. Axe has three small slits for a nose, and two big almond-shaped eyes. He also has two other eyes. These are mounted on top of his head, on short stalks. These two eyes can move separately in any direction. It's destructing until you get used to it. Axe may look at you with his two main eyes, or he may look at you with both stalk eyes, or one stalk eye, or a combination of his two main eyes and one stalk eye. To summarize, it's very strange making eye contact with an Andalite. And last, but definitely not least, there's the tail. It's like a scorpion's tail, cocked up so that the deadly sharp blade on the end sort of hovers above Axe's shoulder. The tail is fast. Very fast. As in, you're bleeding and wondering why you can only count to four on your fingers before you even see it move. Fast, accurate, and very good to have on your side of a fight. Hello, everyone, Axe said. 
Tobias told me to hurry. Just then, Tobias swooped low overhead and landed with utter confidence on a branch. He dug his talons into the bark and began to calmly preen his wing feathers. Hi, Axe, I said. What has Tobias told you? Everything. I guess we are going in to take a closer look. You guess right, Axe Man, Marco said. Do you have a preference for fly or cockroach morph? I will do whatever Prince Jake orders. Axe, don't call me Prince Jake, I said automatically for about the thousandth time. Yes, Prince Jake, he said. Sometimes I wonder if maybe Axe has a sense of humor. We never noticed one, but who knows? We have to get inside that Safeway, I said. The closest place to morph is a long way away. Clear across the street, behind that boarded-up motel. No one will see us there, but then we have to get to the store. Across four lanes of traffic. Ouch, Marco said. I hadn't really thought about that. Is it too late for me to change my vote? We didn't vote, Rachel said. But if we had, you would have voted yes. How do you know what I would have voted? Marco demanded. Rachel smiled. Because I'd have voted yes. And you never let yourself look like a total wuss in front of girls. You think you know me, Marco said. Unfortunately, you're right. Neither the roach nor the fly has very good vision, Rachel pointed out. I mean, we want to be able to see whatever's in the store, right? Yeah, but we also have to get across four lanes of traffic. I don't know about you, but I'd rather fly over the cars than try to walk in front of them, Cassie said. Can flies even find their way that far? I wondered aloud. Remember when we used to have normal, sane conversations? Marco said. You know, we'd talk about baseball, or who had a crush on who? Cassie gave him a wink. Then she was back to business. That grocery store must still be full of food, right? Rotting food, since I doubt the freezers are working in there. What's better at finding rotting food than a fly? I can help guide you, maybe, Tobias said. You don't see that much better than humans do in the dark, I pointed out. It'll be dark by the time we get in position. Car lights? Street lights? I'm just saying, maybe I can help a little, alright? Tobias sometimes becomes frustrated because he can't go on all the missions. I understand. I feel sorry for him. But that's the way it is. I was about to tell him that when Cassie jumped in. Tobias, the only reason we even know about this is you. Cassie pointed out. You discovered it. You showed it to us. The least we can do is take the next step. Cassie is so good at fixing hurt feelings. Better than me, that's for sure. But Tobias was still grumpy. I'm still going along, he said. Okay, I said, clapping my hands together and trying to sound cheerful and optimistic. Flies it is. Everyone go home. We meet behind the hotel in... I checked my watch. In approximately three hours, around 7.45 or so, we do a quick morph, we're in and out of that Safeway in ten minutes, and back home again. Oh man, Marco groaned. I hate it when you try to sound peppy, Jake. It always means you're worried. Next you'll flash that big, no-sweat grin. I know you. Three hours to fly time, I said, forcing a big, confident grin. We're dead meat, Marco said. 
Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs auditory podcast. As always, this is your host and narrator, Daniel. Another couple of chapters down. Sorry, I, mm, I'm not super enthusiastic about this one. Uh, this is not my favorite book in the series, but you know, it's got some, it's got some good parts. So we'll we'll get through it together. Uh, I got a a message here this week. Uh, sent in by an anonymous user on Tumblr, reads, I was driving home from school, listening to the last part of the Android, and I was full-on crying. Your narration is amazing. Keep up the good work. Also, do you plan on doing the choose-your-own-adventure books? First off, I would just like to say thank- Excuse me. First off, I would just like to say thank you so much for uh, listening and for enjoying this. That, uh, that really means a lot. Um... Yeah, thank you. That's uh, that's really awesome that my uh, very amateurish, non non trained voice acting can can do that for you. Uh, that that really is flattering. Thank you. Uh, as for the second part of this, uh, I'm not planning on doing the choose your own adventure books at this time. Uh, partly because from what I remember of them, they weren't that good. Like it was, they were fine, but like I don't know that they really added very much to the series and then the other part is just logistically i don't know how i would do a choose your own adventure book uh like in this format i feel like that'd be difficult uh so probably not unless there's an overwhelming demand that i do and uh which case maybe we'll see when we finish the series uh maybe we will um other than that uh i don't really got anything else to say um, so, you know, if you like this show, give it a rating and review on iTunes or, you know, tell a friend. Be sure to check out my other podcast, OK Crusader, which can be found at shoutengine.com slash OK Crusader, or by searching OK Crusader wherever you look for a podcast. Uh, this is one where I get guests on and we find random characters on the Marvel unofficial fan wiki and we talk about how dateable we find them. It's raunchy and very dumb. And, uh, I think it's a good time. If you'd like to reach me about this show, you can do that at audiomorphscast.tumblr.com or audiomorphscast at gmail.com. Okay, that is all I have for you this week, so I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>